I am Ustaz Mizi Wahid. You're now listening to The Breakthrough with Mizi Wahid, a podcast that will help you in finding and knowing yourself. An exclusive podcast only on Audio Plus. Hello everyone, Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to The Breakthrough with Mizi Wahid, uh, a series of podcasts that aims to help you find and rediscover yourself. And this series of episodes is in collaboration with Audio Plus. Today we are actually going to talk about um, the future, okay? No, 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 I'm not going to predict your future, nor do I have a crystal ball. But, you know, I know some of you feel like, oh, I wish I knew what the future looked like. But let's talk about that in a bit, you know? Like, is it really, really good to know exactly what's going to happen? Or having an element of mystery about the future is also good for us, okay? So the word future, right, it, it gives us two different types of emotions. Uh, for some, it may make us feel like, wow, it's such a daunting thing to think about, like the, the complete uncertainty of what's coming, okay? And it frightens some of us. And yet, some people, when they hear the word future, it actually gives them so much hope. Um, it's to them, very promising. And I guess it has to do with context, depending on what you're talking about, depending on the situation that you're in, depending on where the world is going at the moment, right? Perhaps in the first year of the pandemic, when people spoke about the future, I think there was still a lot of fear surrounding it. But as you know, the World Health Organization and all the you know, health ministries around the world started to seize their lockdowns and they started to open the world up a bit more and travelling was permitted once again as per normal and people are taking off their masks and things like that slowly, gradually. Then, talk about future becomes uh, more promising. Okay? But let's stop talking about that for a moment. Those are really big issues. Let's go back to ourselves. Do you remember the first time somebody asked you when you were a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? Okay, That in itself is a question about the future. If I were to ask my kids, you know, the youngest one is now five, and I'm sure I've asked all my kids the same question when they were even like three or four, right? Asking them, what do you want to be when you grow up? That is probably the first time a child is exposed to the concept and the idea of the future. Because I think as children, they only know of the present day. In fact, if you talk to them about the past, they've mostly forgotten about it because they move on very quickly. They move on, in fact, much better than adults, right? We tend to hold on to things. They move on very quickly. So they mainly, uh, their, their life revolves around the present moment, what's happening right now, what's right in front of their eyes, what they're playing with, what's in their hands, what they're eating. Like that's the only thing that is their focus. So when we start asking them questions, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because I think parents, we do this because we want to just get an idea about our child's interests, what they like to do, and where we can, how we can help them and support them in this journey of pursuing their passion. You know, like sending them for extra classes, enrichment, things like that. Um, so that's why we ask. Okay, And the moment a child understands what the adult is trying to get to here, whether it's the parent or the teacher, they start imagining things. And that's the power of imagination. They imagine themselves being doing something that they think is going to be fun or interesting, right? Like my boy, 
And I think the first time he answered this, when he was three years old, he would say, I want to become a firefighter. Because that, to him, is the coolest job in the world. Why? Because he gets to ride the fire truck, the fire engine, right? And he gets to wear that suit. And so he thinks that's the coolest job of all, you know? And, and sometimes kids, they get influenced by what their parents do. Like one of my daughters would say, I want to become a teacher, like my wife. Because they think that that's the coolest job in the world. You know, having a classroom, having students, things to teach. You stand in front of everybody, you have materials, you know, and you do experiments, things like that. So they think that's quite fun. So the future to a lot of us when we were younger is something that is not completely unknown because we assume that we know roughly it's going to look like based on the, the information that has been presented to us through our own observations, correct? And now things are gradually changing. You know, when you look at or when you talk to the kids who are around maybe 7 to 15, they have a different idea of what they want for the future because of what they spend time on. The amount of time they spend on social media, on YouTube and things like that um, have opened doors for them to imagine something completely different than maybe just a generation before them. You know, where the opportunities and the things that they could potentially do in the future seemed rather limited. And today, they see a lot more. So the future can be quite exciting for some people. Okay, So now, when we talk about the future here, um, I know that the idea of your future and my future and somebody else's future and your spouse and your sibling, they all vary from each person's life experience too. Okay? So let's explore um, some of the questions that I have here about the future. So the first question that I have here is, is it okay if I don't have any plans for my future? I know where this is coming from because there are some people who their life principle is, you know, I'll take it as it, you know, as each day comes, you know, one day at a time, um, I'll go with the flow, you know, <laughs> I'll ride the wave. I'll, I'll wait for things to happen and then I'll just see where I go from there. I don't want to put so much hope into people and into opportunities, into organizations, into my workplace, into anything. I don't want to. I just want to go uh, one day at a time. Now, is that okay? My opinion is it's okay to take one day at a time, but I don't think it's the best um, way for you moving forward if you do not have any plans at all for your future. Okay? I believe that we are encouraged to make plans in Islam because there are concepts where we are told to plan for the future. For example, writing a will is about, is about thinking about the future, isn't it? Because when you write the will, you're imagining the day when you're no longer here. And then you're setting aside um, your assets or your funds to individuals or organizations that you think would need your help. And you um, are told to instill good values and principles in your children because they represent your future. Okay, and then there's the concept of walk-off, where you uh, invest or, or it's not it's it's giving in this dunya, but it's actually an investment for your akhirah. So you plant something, your some of your funds into building a school, and then as long as students benefit from that school you know, you're going to continually receive the rewards. You know, if you teach your children well and they continue to pray for you, then you're continually receiving rewards. So technically, 
um, Islam is a religion that encourages us to think about the future and actually make plans. So from a worldly point of view, I believe that planning is also critical because if you don't have a clear plan going forward, then everything's going to be a blur and you're always just simply reacting. You're reacting to situations, you're reacting to um, uh, global events, you're, you're, you're always just reactive. You're not proactive. So making plans can be in different areas, obviously. So you, if, you, if you start with this question, like, is it okay if I don't have plans for my future? Please be more specific, like which parts exactly? Are you talking about your relationships? Are you talking about your marriage? Are you talking about um, your children? Are you talking about uh, your studies? Are you talking about your career? Like which area in your life exactly that you don't want to make plans for and why? It could be, okay? It could be that some people have given up on making plans because they've been disappointed repeatedly far too many times and they're just sick and tired of it they say you know what i'm not going to make any more plans because i always get disappointed i would advise you to relook into this because i don't think it's your plans that were the reasons why you were disappointed rather it's the expectations behind those plans you make plans but you are prepared and ready for things to not work out exactly the way you want them to. You must be ready for that because we can't control the future. We can only plan for it. You see, that's the difference. That's what we're talking about today. We're not trying to predetermine what's going to happen. We're just preparing ourselves. Okay, making plans is all about preparation and that is uh, very important. Next question. As I grow my own character and career, how do I always remind myself to strengthen my Iman too in the future? Good question. I think this would probably boil down to your routines. And I mean your daily rituals. What do you do on a daily basis that is going to be the permanent fixture of your habits? You know, like every day without fail, you always perform your prayers the five daily prayers. I mean, that's the basic one, the baseline. But what if you add more routines into it? And this is also to address your concern, right? Like what if everything advances? I get better as an individual, you know, career-wise, everything's doing well. But my iman gets weaker and weaker. The way to prevent that from happening is to maintain a certain set of rituals that you do on a daily basis and if you feel like the five daily prayers is not enough for you personally okay then add a few more it could be like reading the quran one page a day it could be praying salatul duha right in the morning um, around eight when you enter the office perhaps you do that first it could be that you contribute for uh, a noble cause or for you know an organization that you feel passionate for you contribute you give back to society in some way that's that's what keeps your iman strong because to me part of spiritual growth is really um, contributions okay if you only receive and receive and receive you're never going to grow spiritually it's all about giving Okay, when you give, you feel like you have indirectly um, made a meaningful contribution to the world and that indirectly also strengthens your iman, inshallah. Okay? Um, 
And every now and then, you need to pause for a moment. Okay, when, when life gets too hectic, you pause for a moment, you go and do something that you know can help you strengthen your iman. And that could be something as simple as going for religious classes regularly, or it could also be doing tahajjud like every weekend, perhaps. Or it could be something more elaborate like going for umrah. Okay? So that's the moment when you actually press the pause button and actually do something that is uh, meaningful, inshallah. I hope that answers. The third question, how do I actually determine that I already have attained success in the future? Excellent question. Um, I want to preface that, preface this response by sharing this quote. I know some of you might think it's quite cliche, but I think it's very, very true. That success is not a destination. Success is a journey. And what that means is you don't set um, a specific target and then call that success when you arrive because success is the journey that you take throughout because right after you've achieved that if you don't have anything else afterwards life is going to start to decline for you and this happens to a lot of professionals like for example athletes are quite notorious for this like they most most athletes will retire at the age of 30 35 you know and their peak is at in their 20s you know so and if they say that they want to win this trophy, this medal, um, they want to win the World Cup, they want to, you know, they want to win um, the Sea Games medals, you know, like they aim for those things. And once they achieve all of them, because those were their definitions of success, then what happens with their life after that? Many of them have a hard time going through retirement because retirement is so early. Many of them don't know how to pivot into another industry and get a different job and try to be good in some other thing. Why? Because they've limited themselves and say that success is only this. And once I've achieved this, that's it. Like, what else is there? You see, that's why success is never a specific destination. Rather, it is a journey. Because from one achievement, you need to be able to know what's next. And this is not about not being contented. It's got nothing to do with it. It's just the fact that we have a long life, inshallah, most of us, and it doesn't end at 25, 30, 35, 40. Most of us, we beat ourselves up when we're not successful at 30 by definition, by your own definition, right? Oh, I'm not successful enough, or by 35, or by 40. Like, come on. Life goes on way beyond that. You know, the predictability of, uh, rather, uh, the predicted lifespan of most human beings uh, from here onwards, is actually going to be longer. And so people are very concerned about the aging population, the aging population. Why? Because they're going to be more, um, you know, uh, of the elderly people in our community in the future. Okay? So if they retire too soon, what are they going to do? If they uh, fall sick, if they get dementia, like what's going to happen? Who's going to take care of them? Do we have enough institutions to support them? Like that's the concern of most governments about the future. Okay, you need to think about yourself and remind yourself that those are just my targets and I'm going to make some achievements and accomplishments inshallah by Allah's will and by my best efforts that I put in but it must never be the end just because I've completed something what's next you know um, I'm an author and I, I read before that for many authors just before they finish writing one book their mind is already thinking about the next book. And now after I've 
completed four and five books, I find that to be very, very true. Okay? The same goes with me organizing events. Just just before I, f- you know, I launch a particular event or I'm done with one particular event, I'm already thinking about what's the next event I want to do. Okay? Because if I sit down and you know, um, take it all in and say, yes, yes, I did well in this, I did well in that, I've accomplished this, I've won awards, you know, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm going to go through a slump, you know, for three, four, five months, six months, maybe even an entire year because I don't know what's next, you know. So I need to be fair to myself and think about what do I want to uh, set as my next target, okay? So you should look at life in that manner too. It is not... It, it, you're allowed to look at it and in you know short I, I don't know what I call this like pit stops uh, you have a pit stop here six months into one year two years three years but you know that the journey is going to always continue okay um, next question question number four how to get rid of negative thoughts for example I think I will not have a future well, um, I think you're not the only one <laughs> you know, to have thought about that or to have wondered about that statement. But let me tell you something. You know, Your mind, your body will react to whatever your thoughts are. If you allow negative thoughts to continue to play and remain in your mind, it will affect many things. And among the things that will be affected that can affect your entire future is really how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your own fortunes. If you think that you're always going to be unlucky, you're always going to fe- you're always going to be um, you know on the losing end of everything. You're never going to get any, uh, whatever that you set your eyes on. If you keep thinking that way, then that will probably be your reality, because everything about you, your body, your your mindset, your attitude is going to go in accordance to your thoughts. Thoughts are very powerful, okay? So I understand why your question is how to get rid of these negative thoughts. So perhaps one thing that you can try to do is to reframe the questions and statements that you say and ask, okay? So instead of saying, I think I will not have a future, instead say, how can I craft a better future for myself? What steps do I need to take in order to be more certain about my future? What skills can I learn today that will enhance my ability to do better for the future economy? Right? The moment you start reframing questions, you'll get different answers and statements, and then that's how your life turns around. You know, one of the most uh, uh, popular things that I l- I actually picked up many, many, many years ago was this question from a book on finance. Uh, the author said, instead of saying, I can't afford this car, ask instead, how can I afford this car? You see, one statement is a period. You know, it puts a period on it. It's like, I cannot afford this car, full stop. The other one is, how can I afford? Your mind starts thinking. It starts running. It starts functioning. It starts generating ideas, solutions. You know, um, so that's that's what it requires. Okay, so so don't stick to statements that will not bring you anywhere. Like I think I will not have a future. Replace it with uh, a question that will make you more productive. All right. Next question: 
when I have the plans and it did not go well, how can I tell or convince myself to be rida and Allah has a better plan for me? Um, yeah, excellent a question once again. Um, you see, this this actually links nicely with the first question about I don't have any plans. Is that okay? You know, <laughs> and now question number five is I've made plans but it didn't go well. So what now? You know, um, lovely. So I I have understood this for quite some time um, that, and of course going through some of my own personal disappointments where I've made plans and it didn't work out, I realized that we can only make our plans, but we can't actually ensure, guarantee that our plans will play out according to what we want them to, you know? Um, a big reminder I always tell myself is that Allah is the ultimate planner. Okay, we make plans, but He is the big one. He, he plans better for all of us. And sometimes, and, and what that means is that when things don't go your way, it means that He does have something else in store for you. He has a better plan for you. But it does not mean then that, oh, if he always has a better plan, Mizi, then why should I even make plans? You should make plans because you learn from making plans and you grow from disappointments. As long as you do not give up, you keep bouncing back, you're always going to be fine, inshallah. Okay? So, another big thing is for you to say to yourself, you know what? I trust Him and I believe in God's goodness because He may cause me to feel sad for a moment, but He will always give me something better. And this is proven because in the past, I've had moments like this before and He's always given me something else to look at, something else to enjoy, something else to cherish, something else to pursue. It always happens. It never you know, stops. And so when you are able to acknowledge that, then inshallah, you know, it's, it's going to turn out well for you, okay? And I think when you have more trust in Allah's plans and when you assume well of Allah, okay, he says in a hadith Qudsi, Ana in the abdi bi, I am as how my servants think of me. If you think well of Allah, then um, your life will inshallah turn out much, much better and you'll be more patient and more accepting of your uh, destiny. Okay. Okay. Um, one last question: In what way can I motivate myself to be a successful person and a good Muslim in the future? Very good. I believe that we all have intrinsic and extrinsic motivations, right? Internal and external. The internal ones are more for us. Like, I I'm doing this so that I can open up doors for myself to be able to do more. You know. Like, for example, the moment I did well in certain areas of my life, suddenly more doors just opened beyond my expectations. Okay? And I think that applies to everyone else too. You just need to focus and do really, really well in some things, not everything, and people will start noticing you by Allah's will. Okay? And that's when more opportunities will come. So, to a certain extent, you need to focus on building up your own capabilities, your own strength, you want to do well for yourself, okay? Um, because then it will result in the next thing. So the next part is the external motivations. And some people call this, oh, it's still, it, it can still be for selfish reasons. Like, 
you know, external could be like money, bonus, things like that, awards. But to me, external also actually means more of do, doing it with the purpose of um, being helpful to other people. Like, I want to be successful so that I can help the ummah. I, I want to be successful so I can uplift my community who is in the lower tier of society. Like, I want to lift them up. I want to motivate them. I want to help them see the possibilities of what they can do. Because I was just like them and now I'm here, so I want to love you. So it could be something like that, right? Um, you need to be clear about why you want to be a successful person. You need to be clear about why you want to be a good Muslim. Is it because the portrayal of good Muslims on the internet is not enough? You know, it's still being swamped by many of the negative uh, uh, descriptions, perspectives that are more widespread. So you want to, you know, override all of those things and represent better. Okay, you want to be an ambassador of Islam, you know, then then do that. That could be your main driving force. Okay, you want to be a successful person. Why? Because then you can contribute more to zakat, to wakaf, to to support your family. You know, to build a legacy that can run for generations. Um, to give back to schools, madrasas, um, to help talented people without resources, to have more resources, to start something that can change their life, their family's life and things like that. So decide why you want to be successful and then work on yourself, work on uh, and be, be very, very disciplined, be very, very focused. Inshallah, uh, at some point, you know, things are going to, uh, start opening up for you. You've got to be patient. Don't worry too much about the future. You just work with what you have today. You make plans for the future. Don't worry about the future. You focus on today. All your resources, all your attention, your strength, your energy on this moment. Okay? Alright, so thank you everybody for tuning in to The Breakthrough with Mizi Wahid. It's been an honour. Um, having you with me through what this is episode number nine we have a few more episodes don't forget to tune in inshallah and if you really really like this one in particular don't forget to share it share the link with your friends and family hopefully they can also benefit from it inshallah take care stay awesome assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh thank you for listening to the breakthrough with Mizi Wahid I hope that it will help you in your journey to finding yourself Always remember that you are not alone in this wonderful journey. Listen to us on Audio Plus app or Audio Plus at www.audioplus.audio.